what's a taboo word that starts with P? And no, it's not poop. It's porn. And today, my very special guest and I are going to take a deep and very informative dive into this subject, including whether or not you may have an addiction to it. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Men on Fire. My name is Mike Ren, a former mechanic and engineer turned transformational teacher. And each week, I'll deliver an inspiring message to help you excavate those repressed inner negative feelings and install new thoughts that will finally allow you to truly become the person you were born to be. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Men on Fire here on Soul Mechanic TV and Soul Mechanic Radio. I have a very special guest on Men on Fire today, and we're going to talk about what some consider to be a taboo subject, porn. Porn, in some form or another, has been around for as long as there has been humans on this earth. But not until recent times has it proliferated so deeply into our culture and society. But what does the evidence actually say about how porn may or may not be affecting people? Can research provide any answers? The truth is that it is a difficult question for scientists to study and answer. And so to help me maneuver through the nuances of this topic is my very special guest, Matthew Sinkovitz. Now, Matt has been a practitioner and teacher of personal and spiritual development for over a decade. And Matt began his studies in Buddhism and New Thought as a young adult, seeking resolution to his own personal life dilemmas. Overcoming his 20-plus year compulsive relationship with porn, Matt was inspired to share his journey and support other men in their path to liberation. And through his online Facebook support community, Making Peace with Porn, Matt currently runs the 90-Day Liberation Boot Camp, as well as the 10-Day Porn Abstinence Challenge. Matt is passionate about the community's commitment to support men in ending their toxic relationship with porn so they can reclaim their power and create a life worth living. Okay, welcome back, folks. And today, as promised, we have our very special guest, Matthew Sinkovich, and he is a specialist in uh, many things spiritual and also uh, works as uh, a porn addiction um, counselor. And uh, he's here today to help us out um, discovering if we maybe have an issue with that, or if we do, what could we do, uh, what the signs are. And we're going to talk about that right now. So Matt, maybe you could Go back and uh, give us a little bit about your your upbring upbringing. I understand it's uh, you're up uh, brought up in some of the Christian faith, um, and also have uh, touched on the Buddhist side as well. And uh, maybe you could just go through that quickly and uh, let us know how that maybe affected um, how you handled your uh, porn addiction and uh, also how it could help others either positively or maybe negatively even. Yeah, um, thanks, thanks, Mike, and it's good to be here. Um, so I, I grew up in the in the Christian faith, in the, in the Christian tradition. Uh, you know, going to church four days a week, growing up in the Pentecostal church, and 
you know, revival was going on all around me and uh, grew up uh, doing uh, missions work and prison work uh, with, with my family. And uh, some of my earliest memories were visiting inmates with my parents in uh, prisons. And my, my mom still runs a large Christian prison ministry, oh, uh, nice. nonprofit. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was a kid, I went with my mom and a group of missionaries to China. We smuggled Bibles into China, actually. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like 13 years old. So got a, got a real um, education and, and, and really close uh, exposure to church and to Christianity at, as an early age. And um, I, I found myself, uh, I, you know, I, I had a lot of un, unanswered questions, I think, though, um, you know, spiritually sure. and, and throughout my younger years. And um a lot of things maybe just didn't sit quite right with me or felt a little incongruent maybe. Um, and, and I found myself mid twenties in a really dark place, depressed place. It was around that time. It was, I would say like end of high school end of high school through my, my mid twenties, I kind of walked away from church uh, pretty much, you know, all together. Right. right. There's a drift there, which I think a lot of people probably experience just sure. kind of going off on my own path, a young adult. And yeah, I found myself in a really dark place and suicidal, unhappy, obsessive thinking, didn't like myself. Um, and it was around that time that I, um, I was really just not wanting to live and was really desperate for a solution for a way out and felt a real victim mm-hmm. to my, to my mind, you know, and to myself. And it was around that time I just began exploring meditation and mindfulness and, mm. and, um, that ultimately led to me to my, to my Buddhist path. Um, and, 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 you know, to this day, I still study Christian principles, probably even more so than I study, you know, Buddhist principles. I'm, I'm still very much a, stu- a student of Christ and the, and the teachings of Christ. I think right. I just kind of have a, a, a broader, probably more universal, uh, maybe more new age perspective of, of the teachings of Christ, you know. And um, I see Christ as well, just much like Buddha. Christ is more of a way shower, you know. Um, oh, I totally than, agree you know, then, then maybe a, a savior pointing back at us saying we have to be our own savior, you know, mm-hmm. and um, same as, same as Buddhism. So I find Buddhism to be very complementary to Christianity. And uh, I, I still very much consider myself a, an interfaith man to this day. I'm a, an ordained Buddhist minister and I do work in prisons and hospitals. I just spent a year as a, uh, doing a residency, interfaith chaplaincy, residency at a large cool. level one trauma center area here in our area. So I still kind of ride that. And I really honor the unique paths and, and faith beliefs and traditions of all. I think there's truth in it all. I think at the end of the day, we're all looking up, praying to the same God, you know, absolutely. Uh-huh. And um, yeah. So, so my early, my early exposure to Christianity and religion, though it, there was a point in my life, it really turned me off. It really ultimately gave me a really, uh, I think, um, a foundation for relationship with God and for spirituality and uh, familiarity with how to kind of navigate mm-hmm. that conversation and that way of life. And it gave me good, I think, foundational principles and qualities and characteristics and values. And um, yeah, I think it really like for it, it, it really um, like, what's the best way it, like fertilize the soil maybe, or till the soil for the work that I'm doing today, you know, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it gave me a good a good foundation for all that, and began uh, offered me the opportunity to begin exploring the questions about God at, mm-hmm. at an early age, you know. And um, yeah, still still very valuable, still very close to my heart today, you know. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So uh, you 
you did uh, end up having a, a, or going through, I should say, a, a porn addiction, correct? Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So did, how did uh, either your Christian faith or Buddhist faith uh, at that time period, how that overlapped? I'm not sure, but did they, mm-hmm. did they help you out? Did you discover them uh, even more deeper because of you needed, um, you know, help in that regard or how, how did that help? Yeah. Um, so growing up, you know, the conversation around sex was really kind of an awkward conversation. I didn't get to explore much. The, exploration I did do was on my own or, you know, with my friends, you know, and well, magazines. Yeah. Well, it's pretty and taboo. It's like, the, my parents never life. talked to me about it at all. <laughs> exactly. So, so sex was always a weird thing, you know, between mm-hmm. that, and the void of that conversation in my own life and just some early childhood sexual experiences that I had. And yeah, just a lot of questions. And I think, you know, um, confusion, you know, sexually and um, yeah, probably just misguided sexually and uh, sexually repressed in, in, in a lot of ways, probably not a lot of opportunity to really discuss it or explore it and just mm-hmm. awkward sexually, which I think so many, you know, so many of us experience and yeah, it is a taboo subject in, in dogmatic, you know, religious mm-hmm. settings, you know? So um, for me, you know, I just kind of found myself adrift there and yeah, I got into porn at an early age, you know, for myself, I was lucky because I'm not like a lot of these kids today where I grew mm-hmm. up with that phone in my pocket. You know, uh, exactly. which is troublesome. Which is troublesome for me. I had to score a penthouse or a Playboy magazine, or sure. my friend had to videotape, <laughs> or stumbled across something in the neighborhood, or whatever. You know, and That's and right. you know, so I wasn't introduced to the internet and all that stuff until it came around that I was in high school. You know, my senior year or so in high school, we got a computer in the home, which is really mm-hmm. exciting, and mm-hmm. that was really kind of my first introduction to the buffet of of porn options that are, you know, that was the start of it anyway. And so I think I had a good head start. I'm fortunate in that way, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, got into it. And it, it's one of these things that it begins innocently. Oh, absolutely. You know? we, we begin and we're, you know, it's curious and it's exciting and it's new and feels, we don't have any concern about it, you know, because just, you know, it's like, a, it's like a drug as a young kid. It still is. It is to this day, like a drug, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so I, I found myself in that. And, you know, I had this relationship with porn up through my late teens, early 20s, into my 20s, into my professional career, something that always stayed with me mm-hmm. and into my into my 30s, you know, into my 30s. And it was something that I began to recognize was was like at some point unhealthy and had this adverse effect on my life. It had this adverse effect on me emotionally, spiritually, sexually, professionally, in my, in my, in my relationships, mm-hmm. um, you know, everything, man. Uh, energetically. And I think as I grew, probably grew in awareness, grew in consciousness, grew in, in who I was, you know, I just kind of began to wake up to the impact that it was having in my life. Right. Also, you know, to the, to the unhealthy quality of it. It's not like that for everybody, you know, some people are able to maintain a healthy relationship with it. It's just periodic. But for some of us, it's like a drug. It's like the same way some people can't drink just a beer, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Some people, some people just aren't able to maintain a healthy relationship with porn either because they overconsume it or it's just has this adverse effect on us, maybe spiritually or emotionally or psychologically. Definitely. Um, so I began recognizing that it was having this adverse effect, but I also began to recognize that because of this, I would like try and quit and I would say I was done with it mm-hmm. and I would have these real moments of clarity and I was sure I was done with it, but I would continue to return to it. Right. You know, so I think the unhealthy nature of it plus the fact that I continued to try and quit, but I had this compulsive relationship with it, you know, I recognized it was a problem for me. 
Mm-hmm. And it's one of these things that we do our best to deal with on our own for so long um, because of the nature of it. There's a lot of shame around it as a taboo subject. We don't, we feel very much alone um, in the journey. It's very much a prison in many ways. Um, you know, so for me, I, I've, I've also for the past decade really been heavily investing in <clears throat> coaches and mentors mm-hmm. and, and really digging in and doing the deep work spiritually and, and, and um, personally. So I kind of recognized for me that a coach was a good solution. So I ended up mm-hmm. hiring and putting a couple thousand dollars down in a group coaching program and worked with the coach and got into community, got into accountability, learned the skills, did the deep work around awareness and got to the root of it, you know, and, and got to the other side of it, thankfully. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a 20 plus year um, addiction yeah, and wow. it just continued to get worse, man. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the genres get increasingly graphic and, you know, and the effects of it seem to get increasingly um, detrimental. And um, yeah, it's not a, it doesn't go in a healthy direction, man. You know? So yeah, definitely, no. definitely no stranger to the path, brother. You know? No, no, no. It's uh it's almost uh, like a gateway drug almost into getting more and more involved in, in maybe other things. I, I remember, I mean, I, I was uh fairly sexual active, like in my early teens. So um, um, I had kind of discovered that, um, you know, uh, with uh, another teenager, a girl. And um, so I kind of figured that stuff out as you go along, but then, you know, that it, they're, uh, you're, you're not with somebody all the time. So there's cravings then, of course, and then you're in your teens and, uh, you know, uh, to coin a phrase, you know, you, you, uh, the wind blows and your dick gets hard almost, you know, so it's, <laughs> it's one of those things. So obviously a lot of, uh, um, you know, time, uh, many men, uh, obviously, uh, resort to masturbation, especially during those times as well. And, um, I was wondering what you thought perhaps does uh, like, what's the difference maybe between uh, masturbating um, having thoughts of someone in your mind or, or maybe, maybe even uh, looking at, for example, a picture of something like I remember looking at um, Sears catalogs and going, going uh, my cousin from Germany was over and we were looking at them. And uh, I think I was, 12 or 13, 13, I think, and looking at the, you know, the bra section <laughs> and going like, wow, that's that for, and then I didn't know why, but I, I was starting to get aroused, but I had no idea yeah. what, I, what I was really looking at or what I was doing. I just, it just knew that I was having some kind of feeling while I was looking at this stuff. So I, I don't know if, um, if you feel maybe um, what the difference is maybe between just um, you know, healthy masturbation, uh, over, you know, uh, the porn addiction. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, I don't know if there's an exact answer to it. You know, I think at the end of the day, you have to look at your own personal experience with it and the, and the impacts of it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the effects, you know, in our community, you know, I'm, I'm a very kind of liberal guy and I think that's healthy, you know, for people to, be able to explore their sexuality in healthy ways and explore their body in healthy ways and, you mm-hmm. know, experiment. And, um, you know, so we're not like, we're not really uptight in that sense in our community. We, what we really identified as the unhealthy piece of the puzzle is this compulsive relationship with, with pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so in our work that we do, like in our, in our program, in our process with guys, we, may, we don't maybe encourage it, but we, we, we say 
that like, you know, healthy masturbation, um, as long as it's not compulsive, you know, right. I think it's, it's fine, you know, in the process, um, definitely healthy sexual connection with the partner, or, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in a loving, intimate way, I think it's healthy. So um, we encourage that, man. You know, um, I, we really identified that porn is, is the unhealthy piece of the puzzle. And compulsive porn use combined with, with compulsive masturbation, you know, e- either of those, I, I think, I think can, could be generally unhealthy or, or toxic. So, um, yeah, just to kind of specifically, you know, your question was around um, healthy forms of masturbation. I think that's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. And, and in our process, you know, we figure anything you have to do to not relapse and go back to the pornography, whatever you got to do, if you got to chew on the table leg or, you know, take care of yourself, <laughs> I think that's fine. But yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the porn that really seems to be the, the problematic piece of the puzzle, you know, so. Oh, definitely. And um, for uh, the people that are listening, and uh, I have a, a fair amount of uh, female followers too. And I think, uh, you know, the, the podcast is men on fire and, and really trying to help men um, that constantly suppress their male, uh, their, their feelings and energies. Um, and, and, and not because we're, you know, we're programmed, we're told not to show them, you know, got to be a man's man and just suck it up and all those sorts of things. So um, I think when we can let that stuff out and maybe we replace that with other things that uh, will help us develop a, a, you know, a healthy balance um, is, is what, you know, I'm kind of all about, but uh, I have a good, healthy uh, female following too. And I think it's maybe they're uh, wondering, um, um, trying to get some tips on how they can help their guy, you know, as well. Yeah. So um, just wondering whether, um, um, do you, uh, have you seen like, or, or where do you think you um, start uh, falling off the cliff? Like what are the, some of the signs for people that are maybe um, uh, in that uh, position themselves or people that uh, know somebody or uh, observing somebody, you know, maybe a partner of that person um, where they, uh, what are the, could be the first signs maybe that they have some kind of porn addiction? And that's a good question. Um, first and foremost, this was, this, this would only be one that someone um, would have to really be honest with themselves and really reflect deeply about it was kind of like speaks to my journey, you know, beginning to recognize, like, is it having a negative impact in your life somehow? Mm -hmm. Or like after a a porn and masturbation session, are you experiencing feelings of shame, guilt, remorse, fear, anxiety, loss of energy, loss of momentum, depression? You know, is it having like an adverse psychological or emotional impact? Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that's the first one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. Are you, are you, are you missing work? You know, are you masturbating during the day and then you're not wanting to connect with your partner at night? You yeah. Know? It's really controlling you then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you in a leadership position and, and you kind of know that porn is out of integrity with you and, and you know, you're not showing up as leader that you, that you want to be, or you've got this kind of skeleton in your closet, you know, are there personal, emotional, psychological, maybe physical energetic impacts that you're, that you can, if you're being honest with yourself, you can recognize, are, are, are having an, uh, an impact in your life. So that would be one. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you're just being honest with yourself, can, are, are you noticing a negative effect? That's the first, right? But then beyond that, I think there are a couple other key signs that we've identified that are just good, clear markers. Another one is, have you tried to quit and you continue to return? Have you told yourself that I'm done with this? I'm not going back. Yuck, mm-hmm. it's gross. It's disgusting. 
This is not the kind of guy I want to be. This is taking me in weird places, but you continue to go back, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. That's another, that's another good indicator. Another great indicator is, is it something that you're having to hide in your life? Exactly. That's another big one. If you're, if your partner picked up your phone right now, would, would you be okay with what they found? Are you having to hide your relationship with porn? Are you, are you having to sneak off? Are you having to lie about it? Are you having to stay up late at night about it? You know, um, well, your partner's sleeping and if they are, they're up and you're startled and you're stirring, you know, it's like, so if, is there, is there a hidden component to it as well? I think that's another good indicator mm -hmm. as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. And how they, how you feel about it um, directly um, after that too, you know, um, perhaps um, do you feel guilt that, um, you know, you may have a partner, uh, whoever that is. And um, do you feel guilty in, uh, in, doing that um when maybe you should be saving it for being yeah. with them you know yeah and, and and just to add to that i think it's really important to be to distinguish you know because a lot of us grow up with just weird sexual ideas and feelings around uh, around sex in general but mm -hmm. maybe someone who grew up in a really religious dogmatic setting, maybe they feel guilty for having sex just because they've been told it's bad you know, right. so I think it's important to distinguish that, you know, it's, it's not just I'm, 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 ex I'm experimenting, I'm exploring myself sexually, I'm expressing myself sexually, and I've got this inherent guilt that I've been conditioned with. I think it's important to distinguish that between like, this is just not the person I want to be. I don't want to be stuck in my bedroom till three o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. looking at stuff that really doesn't even align with what I truly desire in life. Or maybe I'm looking at really obscene or graphic stuff. You know, and it's kind of going in a, a direction that I know on a spiritual, on a heart level is just unhealthy or out of alignment for me, mm -hmm. you know, or I'm spending hours and hours <laughs> on this or being unproductive. I think there's an important, I think it's important to really distinguish the difference there, you know? Oh, no, no, definitely. Definitely. And um, I think that, um, uh, I mean, my, my feeling is uh, about, uh, you know, spiritual energy. I mean, we are energy beings. I mean, everything is made out of energy. Um, from from the universe and as uh, well proven scientifically we don't have to go into any depth there uh, as well that uh, we are all energy and energy flows through us and uh, from in and around us and and uh, that as we talked about earlier you know higher source whatever you want to call that um, uh, of energy whether it's uh, God or many of ways or, or names that we've had for that over the thousands and thousands of years but that energy does it get do you think um when someone has a porn addiction and because it's addictive they're constantly going back to it all the time and getting um mentally you know the the pictures and stuff get ingrained in your mind um and it's always there do you think that kind of cuts off that that um not cut it off, but I mean, maybe the, the connection gets rusty almost, you know, from a, from a, a spiritual perspective, your, your energy that you derive from the universe, you know, and then it's tough, it's tough to get, you know, uh, get that back. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do think that it could be maybe corroded. Yeah. Or, or cut off, you know, I'm, I'm with you, Mike. I think that that energy is always infinitely abundantly available to us. There's nothing that can stop it. All we have to do is allow it, you know, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think if we're engaging in toxic behaviors, then yeah, that, that, that channel or that connection could become corroded, you know, just like if we were drinking a lot, you know, or Absolutely. doing drugs a lot or yeah, eating thing. really eating, eating 
you know, uh, really unhealthy food a lot. We have an unhealthy relation. So I think anything could, could kind of corrode that, you know, stifle that, uh, uh, you know, or, or numb us to that, you know, mm-hmm. but I think we're always tapped in, we're always connected and it's always available. So, so much of our work is just uprooting that, that, that toxic relationship with porn and getting the porn out of there. And it's really amazing to see the way the guys just rebound mm-hmm. energetically, spiritually, emotionally, I bet psychologically, you. when we just create that abstinence, because that's, that's, that river is always flowing and it's always available. It always wants to come through. Our job is to be a clear channel for it. You know, I'm sure it must be almost like uh, seeing them with a walking around the big negative sign. And now there's a positive sign almost, you know, like the, <clears throat> the energy is flowing through them again. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're connected to their purpose and they're just more attractive. You know, their partner is warming up to them, you know, and mm-hmm. their partner mm-hmm. can just kind of notice their energy is different, you know, and, they're showing up and they're lighter and they're brighter and they're more clear, you know? And yeah, it's really interesting to see that, 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 that resurgence of that just natural energy. It's like that life begins to flow again, man. Yeah. Yeah. Really I've, I've, I've experienced that in doing some, um, um, some life and business coaching as well, mainly in life coaching where people, the light bulb comes on and then they start to get it. And as it yeah. sinks in, as it sinks in, uh, and you just meet them next time and they got a huge smile on their face, you know, like it's, yeah. uh, it's just, it's just up so uplifting and I'm sure uh, you're like me. And, and that's, that's the reason we do that stuff. You know, that's, uh, yeah, brother. that's what it's all know, about. That's uh, that's, that's the thanks right there. We don't need any other mm-hmm. thanks. Actually, I'm getting a little bit of chills just thinking about it, <laughs> but if, you know, um, let's talk about sexual energy. So, my belief is that, you know, it's all energy. The part of the energy um, uh, that we're receiving is also has is the same as the sexual energy. It's just that, you know, we are um, programmed um, beings, um, physical beings um, from way back that uh, to reproduce. You know, that's part of the male directive. Um, and that's why we get, uh, uh, you know, we have all that attraction for, for that. So um, I'm just wondering if sexual energy then and, and uh, spiritual energy are, are one of the same. And, and I know it's, uh, it's difficult because of, um, you know, in society or peers or a lot of religious scenarios, you know, um, we're told everything is, that's not good for us. You know, that's bad. Don't do that. Um, and then of course, when you're a teenager, when you're, you know, bucking authority, you're, you're going to do what you're told not to do. Right. So, um, and I just want how, how you, how you felt about the, the, the sexual energy part with the going with the spiritual energy part. Yeah. Well, you know, we're always guessing at these things, right? You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of really just based upon our own experience and what our own perception and interpretation of these things are, you know? Um, but my experience is there's definitely a correlation. You know, you look at like uh, maybe, uh, maybe like, like Tantra or something like that, which is a spiritual practice, but also, you know, a, a very, very much a sexual practice and expression as well. Um, and, and I think there are ways we can, we can use sexual energy to, you know, harness and focus ourselves spiritually. You know, it's like, I know I'm a, you know, there's like a whole range of ways you can connect sexually and have sex, you know, everything from, you know, making love to fucking, you know, and there's, there's the full range of it. I know that whenever I'm really connected, um, you know, spiritually with, you know, sexually with someone like, you know, that's a very spiritual experience. You know, Mm -hmm. I also know when I'm, when I'm off, when I'm off spiritually, 
there's an impact there sexually, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I think both ways, I think whenever I'm off spiritually, there's a kink in the hose, you know, that shows up sexually, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so hundred percent, you know, uh, again, my relationship with porn definitely was creating spiritual kinks in the hose, you know, that right. dysfunction sexually was blocking me. It felt as well as kind of blocking me from, from source, you know, from my purpose, from the work I was being called to do it was, it was blocking, it was blocking up my, my spiritual evolution in ways, you know, I felt that. And, and, and I knew and, and inherently I had to get that resolved. So yeah, I would definitely say there's a connection. I think there's a, there's, there's a connection in all things, you know? Oh, no, definitely. Because I, yeah. I, I feel that people deny um, um, sexual energy to become more spiritual sometimes. Like, let's say, you know, just for example, a Catholic priest where, you know, you're not supposed to um, uh, do any kind of sexual things with anybody else. Of course, we know that's backfired in many cases, unfortunately. Um, but uh, it's the same thing uh, goes the other way too, where you cut off the sexual or uh, the spiritual energy because you're going too far down the sexual energy path. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So it's, and I mean, it's the same thing as, and like you mentioned, you know, people with other addictions or whatever, whether it's uh, alcohol, drugs, or food, or sugar, or buying shoes, or whatever that is, we keep ourselves so damn busy uh, because we don't want to face up with what we feel is uncomfortable in our lives. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we just keep doing that uh, all the time and stay busy and attached to that. And while we do that, you know, we, we make it through, but when we're alone with ourselves and we don't know what to do, you know, it's um, we start to fall back into that pattern again because we know in the moment it makes us feel good in the moment i mean that's what we're looking for yeah the right? low-hanging so, fruit i like to call it right exactly and it doesn't you know it as soon as you're done um and you're satisfied sexually then you're going like oh well what what do i do now yeah. you know right that was uh, that was quick that i don't it doesn't make right. me feel any better half an hour from now <laughs> you Worse, know probably yeah 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 exactly Exactly. Then comes all the other motions that you that you mentioned as yep. well. Yeah. So, um, if people were, that are listening to this podcast um, um, have discovered themselves or someone that they know that's close to them maybe has a porn addiction, uh, yep. what constructive actions do you suggest that maybe they should uh, they should take? Just uh, of, you know, uh, total avoidance, uh, discuss it with them, um, maybe see if they needed to get help pointing towards, uh, maybe, um, you know, your groups and that sort of thing, or how do you feel? Yeah. So, so I'm sorry, just to be clear, you're asking if, if someone was, was in a partnership or they had someone in their life that was dealing with it, or if, if you just asked what someone should do personally, if they were dealing with it. Either way, yeah, it could be themselves, you know, how do you think, or, you know, if they're a, a partner of somebody that's, okay knows what's kind of going on and how do they yeah. help? Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly, you know, it's like if, if you were a, if you were in a partnership with somebody and you knew that they had this, this issue going on, first of all, you're probably not going to know the extent of it because it's a very mm-hmm. hidden kind of thing. You might sure. have a, a, a glimpse or some clues, but the thing is, you know, you really can't, it's like trying to make a drug addict change. You really can't, you can't force the issue. I don't think, I think the best thing you could do is obviously maybe confront it. If you feel, if, if you feel it were an issue, but do so lovingly and understandingly and make it a safe, a safe conversation. 
and just and just be willing to open and to listen and to make and, and to create the, the safe space for them to be able to discuss it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and not feel as though it's something they have to hide. Beyond that, man, you know, I think pushing the issue or trying to point someone or trying to get them help or get them to go see somebody, it's like the old you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink kind of thing. You know, exactly. I think just creating an open, loving, understanding, safe container to discuss that and also drawing the line too, if it's really dysfunctional and unhealthy, not tolerating the behavior as well. If it's, if it's an, if it's a dysfunctional relationship, you know, no, um, no, absolutely. So, so, so that's, I think that's one thing, but yeah, personally, if you, if you're listening to this podcast and, and you kind of, some of these things are resonating with you and you kind of have this hunch that, yeah, I do kind of recognize it's unhealthy for me, or yeah, this causes some dysfunction in areas of my life, or yeah, it is something I have to hide in my life or, you know, yeah. Um, you know, I have told myself I wanted to quit and here I am again, you know, mm-hmm. if you can kind of relate to any one of those things. Um, and, and maybe you're, maybe you suspect, but you're not really sold on it yet. Or maybe you just know, I think one of the, one of the first things you can do is get into community, you know, getting, getting around other people that are having this conversation where it is a safe place to have this conversation. It's a very lonely journey. This, this relationship around pornography and sexuality, Definitely. Um, because of just the nature of it in, in our, in our society. Um, it's like the most basic fundamental, you know, part of us, the, the part of us that is responsible for all of us being here is, is often the least talked about thing, you know, in society and the weirdest, most awkward conversation to have, but um, getting into community and just kind of beginning to see that there are others on this path, on this journey, normalizing the conversation, mm-hmm. bringing that, which has been in the darkness for so much of our life into the light. And I think there's just, it's just healthy in that regard, you know? And um, yeah, just, just kind of getting around others that are on this path and finding camaraderie and support and community around that. So I think that's the first thing to begin to do, yeah, Definitely, uh, you know, taking an, taking an honest inventory of yourself, kind of reflecting upon some of these things that we've presented here today, some of the ways in which you might begin to explore this for yourself. Uh, you know, see if you can, see if you can go a week or five days, you know, we offer a, a porn abstinence challenge in our community. See if you can cut it out for five days. And if you can notice the difference, uh, I'll suggest I'll, I'll submit, I'll suspect that, you know, you, you'll, you'll find greater sense of energy, a potency in life, mm-hmm. more confidence, you know, the healthier relationship with yourself. Um, yeah, uh, I'm sure, you know, and um, I think, I think the ultimate thing one can do is, is to get professional help, you know, find a coach, find a mentor, Find someone who's been down the path and, and is leading others and successfully, you know, uprooting this and, and, and getting this behind themselves, you know, for good, you know. So. No, I agree. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's I think we've come to the point uh, that people realize um, coaches aren't just for, uh, you know, sports and uh, and, uh, you know, uh, musicians or something like that or singers. Um, it, it, I think anybody or everybody needs a coach in whatever you want to get better at. Right. You know, whatever that happens to be and um, or help dealing with uh, issues that you're having. Right. So um, I think that'd be a, a very good, very good thing for help somebody to do that. Now, you do have a, a, a Facebook group, too, I believe. And just yep. wondering maybe if you can go over some of the things that uh, you can offer people that maybe recognize that they um, would like to have some extra help in, uh, in solving some of their the issues with porn. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I run a, a private uh, men's only Facebook community. It's called Making Peace with Porn. If you were to look it up, it's Making Peace with Porn. We are noble men. 
And it's, uh, we're, we're about 700 members presently at the time of this recording. Got men from all over the, uh, all over the globe uh, doing this work and joining in this conversation. You know, we deal specifically around the conversation around pornography, but we're also very much a personal and spiritual development community. You know, we really believe in helping the man grow and evolve. And through that work, you know, um, leaving the porn behind just becomes kind of a natural part of the process, just like we've mm-hmm. left other habits mm-hmm. and behaviors and other parts, you yeah, know, behind. Amen. So, yeah, brother. So, so we're focused on the, on the growth and the evolution of the man. And we also do the specific work around the pornography, which is definitely needs to be dealt with, you know? So that's our community. We're an interfaith community. You know, everyone that's, uh, if you're a man of character, you know, you're welcome. And it's discreet. I really vet everybody that comes in there. It's not just a bunch of weird people. It's right. real yeah. people, real, real cool. profiles. You want to make sure men, are, men in there are men of integrity. And, you know, it's, it's a good, healthy container to have this conversation. So I'd recommend uh, checking us out there. Um, again, it's private. So only members can see who's a member. Mm-hmm. Um, in there, we do, um, you know, several times a year. We're looking at doing a more regular, these five-day porn abstinence uh, challenges where we, we challenge the men to five days of abstinence. As I mentioned here today, we do, you know, uh, trainings in the community. Um, that's a free challenge currently. Um, so you can join in and, and lots of cool nice, shifts nice. and awareness and, you know, insights had there. And, uh, one of our guys, he's done the challenge, you know, four or five times now. And, uh, and, and, and he's now over a year porn free, you know, just from oh, the challenges. Wow. He's never even joined one of our coaching programs, but the work just stuck with him. Cool. He stays engaged in the community. So that's really possible as well. And then we have, we have, you know, um, of course, higher levels of support. If, if you're really looking to really dig in and make mm-hmm. a powerful commitment around this. Um, as well, which I can share if you if you like as well. So, yes, and for the listeners, uh, I will provide all the links for all those things that uh, Matt mentioned, so uh, you'll be able to check that out uh, as well. Mm-hmm. And um, some of your work in the prisons, do you work with the uh, uh, porn addictions in prisons too, or I don't? Um, uh, what you know, do you do with? Up, yeah, it comes up. You know, as I mentioned, I've been involved in prison work. I've been around prison work since a, since a youngster. Um, so, so I haven't been back in since COVID because things have gotten weird getting, sure. getting into those places since, you know, they, yeah. uh, just until recently, they totally shut all visitation down, you know, mm-hmm. but most recently when I was in there, I was in there in an interfaith capacity. I was like the Buddhist guy, but anywhere I go, I'm never like the Buddhist guy with the Buddhist robe on and that on my sleeve. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm really like the interfaith guy. I'm like the guy, if you're the, if you're interested in just kind of, maybe the, some people will kind of identify like I'm, I'm religious. I'm, I'm spiritual, but not religious mm-hmm. kind of people. The ones that kind of fall into that core category, I'm, I'm like the catch-all guy, you know? So we just honor everyone's, you know, tradition and path and unique perspective and whatever that might mean to them, you know? But I am in there in, in the Buddhist capacity. So in there, we're holding meditation groups and, uh, you know, we, weekly meditation. And uh, we get into all the spiritual conversation, whatever it might mean for you, whatever's relevant for you. And we're also, um, I also serve as the spiritual, um, go- like, like, like a spiritual counselor as well. So I'll see you guys one-on-one if they request me as well. And women, as a matter of fact. And yes. that most recently, that work's been done uh, in our local county prison here. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely uh, uh, slant more towards uh, interfaith stuff uh, yeah. my, myself as well. Um, just because, uh, as we mentioned earlier in, in the podcast, I mean, we're all, we're all connected. We're all here. We're all from the same source. And so, Amen, uh, brother, yeah. and you can, you can put labels on stuff, but you know, they are just labels, just like, you know, my name, Mike is a label. 
it's not yeah, who, I, who I am, but yes. uh, it is uh, a way for me to pay taxes. I, I mean, uh, it's uh, yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a way that we get along. You know, it's almost like uh, using money as a as a you know a form of currency. You know, so yes. your name is your currency too, right? So yes, um, so and we need to just get along with uh, with all of that. But yes. um, that's for maybe a different show. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I really want to thank you for being here today, Matt, uh, and disclosing all that because I know that um, many men have issues with porn. Um, like you said, uh, it's it's you know a lot of closet type thing, and I don't mean just physically in the closet, but you know uh, they're, they're keeping it quiet um, and don't think they have an issue and until maybe it gets too, too far and it starts affecting them and their lives and their families' lives, you know, spouses and children and, and, and everything, everybody around them. So it's well worth that they check out your uh, Facebook site and all the connections that I'll leave here and links uh, for them to check out if they have that feel they have that. And, you know, if you don't want to check it out now, check it out later, whenever, you know, the, the calling comes to you to do that, then yep. um, you should do that. But I, I really appreciate you being here and um, um, explaining all that to us. Um, I learned a lot and I'm sure uh, all my listeners did too. And um, I want to thank you once again for, for being here. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Mike, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being a great host and creating the space, brother, and serving the community that you're serving. And uh, yeah, it's an honor, brother. Thanks so much. Great. Well, thank you so much, Matt. And uh, hopefully we'll connect again very, very soon. Yes, sir. Okay. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As always, keep what feels good and dump what doesn't. And remember, live without judgment, give without expectation, and love for no reason. Follow those three simple expressions and you'll be well on your way to an inspirational, intentional, and successful life. Until next time, you're the one.